0: welcome to there is a method to the madness my name is rob maxwell i'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer i'm the owner of maxwell's fitness programs i've been in business since 1994. the purpose of the method to the madness is to give you the real deal the real information to use science to help you understand what you really need to know And basically to teach you that it's not as complicated once you know the science. Alright, so today I'm going to get into consistency and some coaching terminology and things of that nature. Um, And I think you'll like it. Before I get to that, let me thank Jonathan and Lynn Gilden of the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. They currently have over 285 star reviews on Zillow. And they are true professionals in the real estate industry. If you need any assistance with real estate, give them a shout out at thegildinggroup.com. All right, so let's talk about consistency and how to not major in the minors. All right, so my listeners probably know by now, if you've listened to enough podcasts, and the people that have known me for a long time, and I've got clients that date back well over 20 years, they know that I use psychology a lot. I mean, maybe because I have a degree in psychology from the University of Central Florida, which is, I thought, the field that I was going to go into, and I kind of did. I don't know why we feel the need to label ourselves by what we do, but I use psychology all of the time. And I would say it's probably at least equally as important as exercise physiology, if not really more important, and I'll get into that as well. But I think even if I didn't get the degree in psych, I would um, still be using it because it's always been an interest of mine. I mean, it's really about what we do with information versus what information we know most of the time. And what we do with information is typically a result of our psychological readiness and our psychological belief in things and our motivation levels. So, you know, for that, I think it's probably even more important. So one of those issues is consistency. I mean, there's not a more important variable in health and fitness than consistency. And when I said, let's not major in the minors, let's major in the majors, I stole that term from, you know what? I don't even know. I heard it on a podcast. And uh, it was probably from Ryan Holiday. I listen to his a lot. And and I don't think it was him, though. I think it was one of his guests. And uh, I don't even remember. I don't even want to speculate. But anyway, I like the term because it's like, if we major in the minors, which I think so many people do, and I'm going to just keep this specific to health and fitness... It's like, why are you wasting your time focusing on the things that don't matter nearly as much as the things that do? That's majoring in the minors. And that's a psychological thing, right? So, like, for example, majoring in the minors would be how many sets are perfect or ideal or best in a strength workout. That's majoring in the minors. You know, ultimately... Who cares? I mean, there's research done that show optimal level of sets, but I would even question that because there's so many other variables. And I'm not being cynical or negative about those set numbers. It's just researchers are doing what they can and they'll also be the first to tell you that it really, really depends. But there are people that will fixate on things like that. Or majoring in the minors would be focusing on like things in the diet that may or may not be well they're not a big deal all right so my uh good client and friend out in california harpreet gave me a great example not to throw anybody under the bus but like he had a dietitian out there tell him that he really needs to watch his oats that he's eating why i, I don't know what the reasoning was And then he said he had a physician tell him he needed to really watch his peppermint tea. And he found it funny because, as he pointed out, he knows a person that's got, like, a pound of Twizzlers on their desk, and nobody really ventured to ask him about his major sugar consumption, if so be. In other words, that, like, we're focusing on peppermint and tea and not important diet things and we're focusing on porridge as he calls it oatmeal you know versus the fact that he doesn't drink alcohol which is a great thing and all that and it's like that is such an example of like majoring in the minors it's like who cares I mean you know and not to go on a um rant about some of these other issues but I am going to get the consistency, don't worry, because it is one of the majors, but it's kind of along the same lines of, uh, there was a, a, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but a person I knew pretty well, and um, like they were always fixated on Diet Coke, like, oh, people shouldn't drink Diet Coke, people shouldn't drink Diet Coke. It's like, okay, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say Diet Coke is good for you, I mean. It's nothing but chemicals. I mean, if we're going to really, really be purist about it. The only thing we really should be drinking is water, right? You don't see our, our pets, which seem to have a lot greater grasp of what we should be doing than we do, like drinking coffee and Coke, and there are idiots out there that, like, will give their animals beer or whatever, And they might, like, drink it up, but they'd only do it because they think it's water. So, you know, we're really the only idiots that consume things other than water. And by the way, I don't really mean that it's a bad thing because I'm one of those that's like, who cares if you drink Diet Coke here and there, you know? And and the whole point to this is that this same person was like, then go out and get hammered, you know? would drink like enough alcohol to be drunk it's like oh so person drinking a diet coke here and there which again i'm not saying is a good thing i'm saying i'll do it here or there i'm not trying to defend diet cokes i mean ultimately of course it's garbage but you know here or there at a baseball game because there's essentially nothing else to drink i don't drink alcohol and i'm not going to drink sugar you know it's like but it's okay to get hammered i mean We're going to see this in all kind of walks of life with people. They're going to major in the minors. They're going to get so fixated on something that ultimately they don't do a lot of and probably other people don't do a lot of either, but they just want to be a purist and attack something rather than look at, like, the big picture and what's the most important thing. So when it comes to exercise and fitness, people do the same thing. They want to know, well, you know, what is the ideal heart rate range? And I'll say, well, you know, there's really not an ideal. I mean, so, like, from my perspective as a trainer and coach and having my master's degree in exercise physiology, one of the things that I really like to do, and I think it's, it's the greatest um, way to use my knowledge, is to help people solve problems. I mean, there is a lot of right ways to exercise and there's very few wrong ways to exercise there's a lot of right ways so if somebody is not meeting their goals or they're running into certain issues then I like to sit back and go okay so let's analyze this like I think to me that's more important than actually like telling people what to do it's more important to help them solve their problems you know kind of like a psychologist isn't going to go okay so sit down I'm going to give you a life script you know, this is what you're to do. No, they don't do that. They sit down, they hear what's going on, and then they help you try to solve your problems based on your symptoms. And that's how I like to look at it too because there's a lot of right ways to do things. So there isn't ideal heart rates. There isn't ideal rep ranges. There isn't ideal set numbers. There isn't ideal load numbers. There isn't ideal... Hopefully, you're hearing all the isn't, 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 and no ises. There isn't an ideal frequency of strength training. There is, isn't, isn't, isn't an ideal frequency of cardio. There isn't an ideal time to hold a stretch. Like the, That's majoring in into minors. It's like people who are super fit and into it. When I say that, I don't mean like as an elitist, but people that are usually super fit are super into it. And that's the important part, meaning that their passion, their drive for perfection, although they never will reach it, it's impossible. But their drive is going to keep them asking all of the right questions. So people that are into that will look at you and go, who cares, man? I mean, who cares? I, I can go back to years ago. It was probably 25 years ago. I went and saw Dr. Stephen Fleck in Tampa. And he's a big wig with the National Strength Conditioning Association. And I was over there trying to get some CEC hours, taking a little course. And he's good. There's no question. And he's considered to be one of the founders of periodization. Uh, yeah, as far as like our use of it in the United States, we actually stole it from Russia. But um, our, our interpretations of periodization came largely from Dr. Fleck and a few others and, uh, you know, it's not like they stole it, stole it, like it's this covert operation. It's more like, well, this is the information that they developed first and let us, uh, you know, try to uh, replicate it, whatever. But in any event, periodization is a way of coming up with a plan to try to prevent overload, overburn not overload, we want to overload, try to prevent overtraining and burnout. And it's basically systematically coming up with different rep ranges and load ranges and frequencies and building up into a peak. So, you know, it's interesting and there's a lot of different ways to do it. But anyway, I went over and saw Fleck and um, I remember one of the personal trainers sitting there, you know, was all geeked out and he was like, you know, he wanted like more information from Fleck. He kept pushing him going like, so... You know, what is what is the ideal and if we do this, should we do this? And he finally just looked at the guy and he you know, he said it to the whole class. He's like, People, periodization just means changing up the routine in a manner that makes sense. So here's one of the elitists looking at you going, You're trying to major in the minors, man. It's like, who cares? Just switch it up in a way that makes sense. Like build into it like use some common sense that's periodization is just a fancy name I can think of uh, another instance I like giving examples because you know I think stories give us information there was this um a triathlete years ago he's probably still good based on the fact of how great he was 20 years ago or so or maybe not that long ago and he I'm not going to say his name but it, it doesn't matter anyway but He was a dominant amateur triathlete in the area, in central Florida area, and actually probably all of Florida, and he used to win almost everything. I mean, the guy was just an elite runner, elite cyclist, and uh, elite swimmer, cyclist runner. Um, He had a brother, too, so they were both just dominant. Both of them were absolutely dominant, but one of them happened to live in Orlando. The other one lived um, somewhere else, and... um, like, all the you, triathletes, they do the same thing. They try to major in the minors. You know, they're obsessed with trying to get the right data, obsessed with the right amount of wattages, obsessed with this, obsessed with that. And, and, and that's okay. I mean, like, we're going to do that. And, but my whole point is that, like, how do we as smart athletes, how do we as smart trainees get out and go, okay, so what's the most important thing about this? What can I learn? What can I learn from this data? What is my take-home message? That's the really important thing. So anyway, he would dominate and win all these races. And uh, one day, people that knew him were talking and they're like, you know, asking him about his workouts. And he was so nonchalant about it. Number one, he did less than everybody. Like he barely swam, although he lived by a lake. When he biked, he literally would do one lap around the lake, which was seven miles. And to people that do triathlons, they know that's not even the distance of an event a sprint event and I'm not you know trying to say sprints are lower they're actually not in my opinion it doesn't matter but the point is it wasn't even the distance and that's all he had time for he would just hammer out one lap and when he ran he would barely run a mile and a half his schedule was just intense because that's the way he liked it it was short because I guess that's the way he liked it I really don't know I don't know his motivation other than the fact that he could win all the time probably realized he didn't have to do a whole lot and did so much less than everybody else but still dominated why well probably i mean we hopefully you've listened long enough to know that genetics are a key part to all of this so he had that and then you know next the fact that he was probably no nonchalant he was so nonchalant but the point is is that it doesn't matter we get so fixated on the perfect plan and there is no perfect plan If we wanna major in the majors, here's one for you, consistency. Whatever you do, be consistent. Stick to your schedule. Stick to your plan. I can't count the amount of different workouts that I have done through the years. I have no idea. I don't train every journal. I don't keep every log that I've ever kept, although I do like to keep logs. Eventually, I toss them. be interesting if I wouldn't have and go back and look. But I couldn't even begin to tell you. I've done, like, full body workouts. I've done split routines of six to seven days a week. I've done split routines of three days a week. I mean, my goodness. I've done lower body, upper body. I've done every imaginable split in the world. And like I always tell my clients, there is no ideal. There's not. I mean... We have to be consistent, and we have to strength train at least two times a week consistently if we're going to see benefits. Other than that, there's no hard and fast rules, and most of the people that I work with with personal training have the money to do personal training, or they wouldn't be able to do it, but they're not multi-billionaires, so most of them aren't going to say, well, I want to work out with you every day. And, you know, then we could do some kind of split routine, you know, whatever. I'd have to split it up for them simply because we're working out every day. But that's not the case. So most people, if they're hiring a trainer, can afford it two to three days a week. So therefore, we're going to do close to full body workouts, not because they're ideal, not because they're not ideal. Nothing's ideal. It's because that's what we have the time for and that's what we're going to do consistently. It all comes back to consistency. Consistency. So when I go back and look at my plans, I don't know, but I can tell you this: I worked out. I worked out on a regular basis. I didn't take weeks off. When I go on vacation, I don't take like time off from working out simply because I love to work out. I love to go to different cities and train. You know, I'll, I'll give my my um buddy, my newfound buddy up there in Ellenville, New York, a little shout out. Ben Beekman. You know, he owns a. Little gym in um, Ellenville called Beekman's Fitness. Went in there, checked it out, talked to him a little bit, pet his beautiful dog, saw his beautiful daughter, you know, just chatted a little bit, um, exchanged information, because I like that stuff, man. I like to work out. I like to talk to nice people that work out. So I don't take time off. And cardio-wise, I'm always doing something. I mean, like everybody, you know, we all get a little banged up here or there, so I'll switch from this to that. It's like I'd rather be banged up than the alternative because, you know, those little silly things are going to heal. It's no big deal. I'm smart enough in my training where I know when to back off and what not to do. If I feel a little something, little somethings are always going to heal if we give them time. We can't be such a, you know, paranoid baby that every time we feel a little ache and pain, we, you know, we run to our mommy. You know, I'm just being a little facetious, but it's like. You know, those are, those are like majoring in the minors. If we're worried about that, the majors is like the body's going to heal. The body's going to do what it's going to do. We're, you know, we're more resilient than we think. And most importantly, I've got to stick to a consistent exercise program if I want to see the adaptations. I have a filing cabinet that I keep all my clients' information in, of course. You know, when they first come in and I have clients that go back over 20 years, as I've already said. And whenever I get a a new client come in, which isn't very often, by the way, because we're full and we're really just basically tapped out as far as taking people, and we just don't want to get even more burned out than we already are. So we're really not taking anybody. But in any event, when we were and people would come in, you know, they always want that perfect plan. You know, everybody wants to go to heaven, nobody wants to die, as one of my great clients, Jerry Johnson, has always said. So they just want the perfect plan with the least amount of effort they have to put in. You know, and and I'll look at them and be like, "Uh, "That doesn't exist." You know, I got a filing cabinet behind me. Why don't you pull out the thickest file, and you tell me what the answer is? And they look at me kind of funny. I'll say it's consistency. Those people's file is thick because their workout cards get filled up and they get filled up again, regardless what we did when they came. If we did the best we could, me and the client, every time they came in. Me being the best as far as like listening to their, quote, diagnosis and having to make changes if we need to. And then giving the most effort and the most effort by showing up every time, then we're going to have results. And we do see results, period. And that's majoring in the majors, you know. Sit down and figure out your schedule, all right? I get so sick and tired of people telling me that they don't have time to work out and they have all this other time. All this other time. You know, we even have people that like miss. It's like, oh, I can't do this. Got this going on. It's It's bull crap, man. It, it means that you just don't value your health and fitness enough. I mean, that's all there is to it. You don't value it enough. If you did, you would make the time. And I'm not telling you need to value it. I mean, I think you're insane not to because, I mean, all the research is so evident that exercise and healthy diet well exercise is the fountain of youth if you value it you're going to make the freaking time you know and yeah we have a tight schedule so if our times don't work with your times then go somewhere else but get it in quit making excuses like you have to consistently exercise if you're going to get results that's all there is to it. There's no soft and easier way. There's no softer and easier way. As they say in AA, you either go through it or you don't. To me, it's not that much of a sacrifice. It's it's a sacrifice not to exercise. I got up this morning, like I usually do, sometime between 4.30, 4.45. I fed Hazel. I took her out. I fed Kitty. And uh, I headed to the gym because I knew I had a busy morning this morning, so I had to get my workout in before anybody else, right? So I got here a little bit before five. I did a pretty intense 10 minutes on the bike, five minutes easy on the bike, then 10 minutes pretty intense on the bike. Then I worked out with weights for about 30, 35 minutes. Then I got back on the bike for 10 intense minutes, then five easy minutes. So in other words, I just um, finished how I started. And that was puts me around 6.15. I was all wrapped up, got back in the truck, Went home, uh, took care of things, got back here with Ellen, and ready to roll. Like, that's consistency. That's what I'm going to make my time for. Major in the majors, okay? And that is consistency. Do it. Plan your schedule. I mean, y'all are going to put, like, your, you know, whatever appointments in your in your phone. You're going to say, oh, I got my hair. I got my uh, a meeting with the realtor. I've got... Um, you know meeting here got my meeting there I'm going to my account okay put your workouts in your phone for yourself just go wake up walk 3 miles 6am boom put it in your phone get up and do it and if it's not 3 miles who cares as i spoke to one of my clients just do it consistently you know a mile a day is way better than 3 miles every now and again way better like whatever it is i just said 3 miles for the hell of it put in your workouts consistently and then get up and before you start thinking about it do it all right major in the majors and by the way just as a little bit of tidbit of information you ever wonder why like the the biggest tennis tournaments and golf tournaments in the world are called the majors because they're major so don't major in the minors major in the majors all right Speaking of major, there is absolutely no better garage door company in Florida than Overhead Door, and we are lucky enough to have our own version of it here in Daytona Beach, which has been around forever. Overhead Door, by the way, has been around for 100 years. Jeff and Zach Hawk are the owner's father and son combination. They do a beautiful job with customer service, making sure you get what you need. He showed me the other day garage doors I'm interested in, you know, show me these different pictures. I mean, that's just customer service right there. So if you need help, check them out at OverheadDoorDaytona.com.